This is the Cornerstone Critical Dialogues. Um, we're talking about community wellness, community health and well-being and its relation to the arts. Human beings are social creatures. We need to know each other, feel each other, feel each other's energy. And uh, the pandemic has really put a spanner in the works of that. I mean, ultimately, we all want to live the best life possible. Uh, we all want to feel what it feels like to to feel good in our bodies and feel good in our communities and in our families mm-hmm. and in our relationships. Uh, the power that arts have, you know, like dancing and music and mm-hmm. poetry has, it, like in, in, in development works mm-hmm. through the arts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just the beauty about healing and going on the mental health journey is that it's a constant cycle of evolving and growing and healing and it just always goes deeper and deeper and it's such a blessing to be able to have different mediums to be able to heal yeah, and yeah, yeah. express Fantastic. that or release Fantastic. it, you know, or help mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good evening, good evening, good evening. My name is uh, Ryan Fortune. I'm the host of uh, the first episode of the Cornerstone Critical Dialogues, which is a new series. This particular show, this tonight's show, is really going to look at how the arts uh, can... Uh, impact positively one's mental health. It's also uh, Mental Health Awareness Month this October. And so uh, the two together really make sense. And there's lots of research that's been done in into the positive effect that the arts can have on people's mental health. And so for tonight's uh, guest lineup, we have in the studio with me from uh, right to left, um, right to left, we have Dara Jaslin, who is 23 years old, and she's singing since she was four years old, performing... Yeah, I know, since I was four, singing my whole life. Singing her whole life. So she is, she is, a, she, you remind me of a, a quote that I heard from Michael Jackson one, one time, where he says, "You with music, you become the beat. So it seems like music has infused your life, and, uh, and so she's here in the studio with us, and she's going to talk to us about how the role of music and, uh, and, and how that, that can help with people's mental health issues, I, I, I would guess. Um, and then we also have Bevan Reynolds, who is in front of me, directly in front of me. She is a dance practitioner, dance facilitator. She is also a hypnotherapist and a registered counselor. And she she helps people uh, get through relationship problems, uh, family relationship problems, and... Um, I mean, we know, we know that as a result of COVID, I think a lot of these issues have come to the fore. People being stuck in one place, maybe with people they, they don't necessarily know or like and having to get to know each other in a more personal and intimate way. And so she's going to talk to us about that. And then on the left, we have um, Vusu Mpofu, who is a student at uh, the Cornerstone Institute. He is also a poet. Uh, performance poet. He's also on the steering committee of the Cape Cultural Collective. And Vusu is a young man. Uh, he's about 24. 24, yeah. 24 years 24 old. 24 years old, yeah. You, you look about 17. Yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Looks much younger th- than he is. But he's here with us. He's, uh, he's, he, he comes from Wallace Dean, I think. Cryfontaine, yeah. Cryfontaine. Yes, sir. Cryfontaine. And he's going to be uh, performing some of his poetry and music. Uh, I've listened to some of his, his poems. Very powerful. Absolutely, uh, absolutely moving. 
And uh, there's a, there's one in particular that I think lots of us will be able to relate to, which is well, at least from my experience, maybe I relate to it maybe more than most. But sure. I think it will it will touch lots lots of people because it's a common experience uh, in certain communities where we have issues of uh, gender based violence, uh, domestic abuse, and, and that sort of thing. And, and he's done a poem that really, when I saw it online really uh moved something in me and and opened opened the doorway so we'll talk about that um in in due course so without further ado i want to start with um bevan reynolds bevan uh tell me about yourself and the work that you've been doing and and how that has uh how that has helped people Firstly, uh, thank you, Ryan, for the thorough introduction. Um, I'm really grateful to be here. Um, My passion is really working with people uh, in a holistic way, really taking into account uh, the multiple facets of their being, the, the thoughts, the emotions, the body, and if it lines up with them, their spirituality, and finding ways that work for them, that are right for them, to heal and transform their lives. I mean, ultimately, we all want to live the best life possible. Mm. Uh, we all want to feel what it feels like to to feel good in our bodies and feel good in our communities and in our families mm-hmm. and in our relationships. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the work that I'm doing. Uh, it takes a few, th- it's, there's a few threads that I weave together, but I'm, I think you're interested in the dance aspect, if I'm correct. Yeah. Well, I'm interested in the, in the aspect of that, uh, you know, in the current context, uh, even with services available, if you are someone who, is facing a mental health crisis in in the current context. It may take you a while even to be able to access uh, those kind of services if you in a if you get to the point of crisis. Um, I heard a, 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 a figure quoted a while back that said it might take you a month to get an appointment even. And so, for me, what's interesting is that there are other modalities, there are other ways of of, of dealing with your your anxiety, your stress, your fears, uh, your traumas that may not require you to go to see a, a specialist. So I want to talk about the, those things. And I think dance is obviously one of them. So, so yeah, let's talk about that. It's a big topic. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously in South Africa, access to mental health services, especially at the paid level, is it's there's a level of exclusion. You know, yeah. a large percentage of the population can't access uh, those levels. So I'm really gra- glad that you're putting the attention of on on more accessible routes that people mm. can do this kind of healing work. Um, the way I operate is that I really believe that we have an innate capacity to heal within ourselves i do think that the body and the mind and the psyche it's got a healing component that's that's there it's just ready Mm. and it is about finding the different resources within our context within ourselves that can help us activate that part of us Mm. so yeah i mean if i can start to list them if you want me to go into it Um, i mean it's it's interesting it's always been interesting for me because i felt that um i mean there's a quote that always that i always remember i think i've got probably posted somewhere uh, it's a quote from one of my childhood heroes well still one of my heroes bruce lee where he says train the mind and the train the body and the mind will follow so it's really about about the fact that the people often think about it in the reverse but actually if you start 
moving, moving. If you start moving your body, your mind, something happens to your mind. And then, you know, you, you kind of calm down and, 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 or things change, things shift for you. So, yeah. So talk about, about the, how you work and, and what you've been doing. Firstly, I just want to comment. I love that he, uh, he mentioned that because we, when addressing, I'm going to speak specifically about trauma because that's one of my kind of specialties. We, we have a top, a, a top-down approach, which is that training the mind. It's working with, with how you're thinking about things. Mm-hmm. And then the bottom-up is the movement and accessing the body's wisdom and and working from there. And, I mean, that includes things like breath work, uh, the way that we utilize our breath, the way that we can tap and touch our bodies, uh, the way that we can uh, decide to release the and, and regulate our nervous systems. I mean, mm. the body has got so many self-regulating components that we we can access so easily but we just perhaps need a bit of guidance and and uh, a little bit of facilitation from outside or mm. just knowing like mm. hey I, if i sigh out i mean mm. you could practice it now mm. like if you took a really nice big deep sigh out you're gonna feel a little bit of calmness like somewhere even if it's like small and mm. and those little micro practices you can build through the day mm. Mm. um yeah so um when I work with my counseling clients in a one-on-one capacity or with couples, we do a lot of that, um, you know, just basically reminding the body of what it's capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And then within group spaces, there's the, there's the dance. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, do you give classes at, at, um, in Claremont? Is, is that where you've been doing those classes? I was doing them there mm-hmm. and with COVID, uh, things shut down. And then I actually moved into a studio in Hout Bay for a while mm-hmm. and then did some online. Um, yeah. So, Mm-hmm. Now I'm more, uh, yeah, I like to work with people who are open to that and it's been difficult for people to feel comfortable dancing. So, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to come to Dara. Hello, how are you? Hi, Dara. So tell me, tell me about you and your journey with music um, yeah. and how, how music, the role that music has played in your life and maybe maybe if you've had moments of crisis at certain points how how that's been so I've been very lucky that music's been a part of my life my whole life my dad was a musician a jazz one back in the day Mm -hmm. is your your surname really Jaslyn no so my real surname's Stein Gasner my father's Hungarian and yeah so he did jazz music in the 60s he even played with the Carpenters a little bit and yeah so he influenced me to do music from a young age I was classically trained and did jazz and singing um, and was very blessed to have that opportunity to study that from such a young age. But uh, I think where music really helped me mentally uh, was being bullied in school quite a lot, especially for being a creative and being so sensitive and uh, empathic and connected to my emotions. I was able to write a lot of music. So um, through the bullying and through the ups and downs of life um, as a kid, uh, writing music was really my connection and my mental health um, release. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes I listen or look back at music I wrote when I was maybe 14 or 15 and 
now five or six years later, I deep I connect with it on an even deeper level than when I wrote it. Mm. And um, yeah, it's just the beauty about healing and going on the mental health journey is that it's a constant cycle of evolving and growing and healing. Mm. And it just always goes deeper and deeper. And it's such a blessing to be able to have different mediums to be able to heal yeah, and yeah, yeah. express Fantastic. that or release Fantastic. it you know, mm-hmm. or help mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vusu, let's come to you. Yes, so, sir. Let's talk right. about you and your, your work and your practice. When did you start doing poetry? Poetry is one of my... I, I love poetry. I'm not a poet myself, but, I, I, sure. yeah, but tell me a bit about that. I, I started... Okay, I've always been a reader. Like from a very young age, I've always liked reading, um, like Da Vinci Code. Just my mom bought me like a Disney book, so like I read those. I like I've always also enjoyed music. But then in 2014, uh, I was still in high school. There was a poetry show. I checked it out, and then I saw Tsigimazwai on on SABC doing a poem. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Then I was just playing around with my friend, and then like next thing, I attended a show. I saw like kids doing. And then, oh, that's cool. That's a cool way to express yourself. So I was like, okay, I also got stories. Let me also start sharing stories. Yeah, but then I I joined Cypher, uh, which is like a Cape Youth Poetry Hub for Expression and Rhythm, which trains young poets to be writers and develops them to profession, professional artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, but I've just grown with it. Um, yeah, I just love telling stories and engaging because I've seen uh, the power that, poetry has or just mm-hmm. the arts have you know like dancing and music and mm-hmm. it like in, in, in development works you know mm-hmm. so I'm trying mm-hmm. to see how to add to the practice of community development in particular mm-hmm. through the arts mm-hmm. yeah. fantastic and you are well we'll come to that a bit later your work with the Cape Cultural Collective um, sure. you will, we'll come to that later so just to remind you if you're listening from home or wherever you're listening from from your car wherever well don't make don't, don't make a call unless you stop but you can call into the show uh, the number to call uh, to the Cornerstone Critical Dialogues is 021-448-3277 and we're talking about mental health uh, community health and the arts uh, on tonight's first show uh, of the Cornerstone Critical Dialogues. In the studio with me, I have Dara Jaslin, I've got uh, Bevan Reynolds, and you just heard Vusu Mpofu, a student at uh, at the Cornerstone Institute. A bit later in the show, we're going to be, as we, as I said initially, we're going to be taking a deep dive into these issues. We're also going to be talking to uh, Judith Mukuna-Garish, who is at Cornerstone, and she's uh, works, uh, in, she's, there's a new intervention at Cornerstone, uh, where uh, an, an attempt to bring the students together about, uh, in, in the face of the, the kind of isolation and separation that has been caused by COVID. And so to get that connectivity back. And so the, the project is called the Cornerstone Connect. She's going to be joining us a bit later. Um, and also then on the phone, not in the studio with us, we're going to be joined by Evelyn Holzhausen, who is a former journalist, I discovered. Uh, but Evelyn is going to be talking to us about forest bathing. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it is a thing. Uh, you go into the forest uh, and you find a river and you bait. No, I'm joking. It is about spending time. <laughs> it's about spending time in uh, nature and being in a, in a more conscious way than just uh, hiking through and tramping through and running through. Uh, and so uh, Evelyn is going to be joining us a bit later on the phone from home. 
Uh, we're also going to be talking, uh, we're going to get into the issue of food and mental health at, at some point later in the show uh, because uh, if you haven't heard, there is uh, there's scientific research, not, not, not new, but uh, coming more to the fore uh, about the fact that your gut is very uh, strongly connected to your uh, mind. And so the food you eat and that you choose to put into your into your body is has an effect on your mood and the way you think and even the mental um, the synapses you know so uh, that 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 are in your mind the, the processed food we eat is not good for us but we'll get into all of that a bit later with Claudia van Skalkweg who is uh, the person behind the ninety day wellness challenge the Uber ninety day wellness challenge she's going to be joining us on the phone as well. And at some point, we're also going to be talking to a called Halema Easton, who is um, calling us from, uh, she's going to be on the phone with us from KZN. She's moved back there. But uh, Halema is someone who started uh, growing food on people's, well, first outside her own house, on the pavement, on the verge. Um, and it's turned into an entire movement of people growing food on their pavements, their own organic food, not not uh, spending money at the shops. Uh, well, not spending as much money at the shops, but really uh, creating food resilience. And so, but back to the studio. Uh, in the studio, as I said, Dara. Dara is a singer, and if you're a singer and you come into this particular studio and this on the show, you have to perform. <laughs> Um, and Dara has kindly offered to do one of her songs, uh, awesome. one of her songs. So she's going to do that. Are you are you ready to do that? Actually? Yeah, we can just sound check and go. And okay, let's see. So, let's yeah. see if we can get a sound check in. Yeah, where are my people? Okay, they're coming in. Yeah. Um, but awesome. Yeah. So yeah. the song I'm going to be performing is called "Meant to Fly," mm-hmm. and. Next week, Thursday, I am going to be flying to Miami to join Carnival Cruise Line as a piano bar entertainer. So, yeah, I did the cruising industry for about two years, and that's where I wrote the song um, on my previous contract. So Mm -hmm. maybe it was called Meant to Sail, but it's very related to just being present and working with yourself and Mm. growing. And I think when you're on the ocean, isolated and, uh, you know, performing doing music and traveling yeah, yeah. Uh, you do a lot of self self-reflection especially as a solo mm-hmm. solo musician traveling on my own so yeah i did a lot of growth and healing so i hope you enjoy the song the lyrics are very deep and important and fantastic yeah tell me tell me dara before we get into the song so you haven't been able to perform really f- about covid really yeah. yes so it was very interesting going from working on the ships to uh, a COVID situation where my industry was completely shut down, um, mm. both overseas and in South Africa. So mm. when gigs started at the end of last year, um, I really hustled and worked really hard to try get the few gigs that were happening for very small venues. And um, I think all industries were affected by this, but often the hospitality industry or the venues hiring didn't even have much budget for the musicians, even in this COVID time. So oftentimes doing lots of gigs here, you're driving far and um, unfortunately they can't provide food either. So it's been very tough as an artist in South Africa in lockdown. It's, it's been extremely tough i'm very grateful that there are some other opportunities and that i'm able to go back to the ships yeah i hope that i'll be able to come back and bring 
um, some more good things to get the movement of music going more yeah, here yeah. as well. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, fantastic, fantastic. In studio live with uh, three artists. One of them is Dara Jaslin, 23 years old, a performer since she was six years old. She's uh, doing amazing things. She's jetting off into the big wide world next week. And that's why I really wanted her to be in the studio today before she left. And she's going to do a song, one of her songs that she wrote while uh, on a previous trip out of the country. And it's called Meant to Fly. I hope you enjoy it. I hope the sound comes through quite well. But uh, let's see. You'll be amazed at her voice, I promise you. So let's get into it. Awesome. Thanks so much, Ryan, for having me. And thank you, Bush Radio, for having me as well. I'm very excited to share the song with you all. And yeah, it's awesome to be able to perform and be on the radio before I leave. So yeah, enjoy. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Cornerstone. Learn to change the world. Born to 
What a powerful song. Thank you, Dara. That was, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. And that is, the, that is the power of music and song to move you, to make you feel uh, different ways and make you, uplift you and take you into spaces that you may not necessarily access uh, in your day-to-day. Um, yeah. Wow. I'm a bit uh, blown you know, in the in the small studio like this, and the song coming up like that. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, so the, the 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 topic of tonight's show is the the power of uh, the arts. Well, the arts to really impact uh, one's mental health and one's uh, mental well being uh, quite intensely, and and how how we can leverage those those art forms and those modalities to really help us get through certain things. Um, I mean, I think, uh, you know, the, the Cornerstone Institute is actually just, I, w- I want to just say something about the Cornerstone Institute has been doing amazing work for the past 50 years, since uh, 1970, uh, things have been going, maybe since ni- early 70s, and um, been producing lots of uh, students and, and people who, who engage in their communities and try to uh, try to work with some of the problems that, uh, that communities face in South Africa. And so uh, that is what the Cornerstone Institute has been doing, is doing, and um, one of the one of the real uh, driving uh, aspects, the, one of the things that they really drive is uh, the arts. And I've I've been through to several uh, events where uh, the arts and performance is really a, a critical aspect of, of of the work that's being done at Cornerstone Institute. If you are uh, someone who is interested in studying there, wants to uh, do some one of the programs, uh, you can go to the website uh, www.cornerstone.ac.za. And uh, it's um, October now. There's still time to apply, to register, to look at um, the, the courses and the programs that are available. Uh, and you can become part of the Cornerstone family as well, uh, which is now, I think, about uh, 200 students in, in real life and uh, 1,700 uh, online. So it's not only a, a contact experience. Uh, there are people all around the world who are uh, doing the courses there. And uh, if you are financially um, uh, struggling, you, you, you can get assistance from Cornerstone to find uh, um, the resources for you to study and 
take up one of the, the courses there. We'll go into some detail about, about that a bit later. Um, before uh, we get to another performance, because I think I need to decompress from, from that and we'll, we'll get to some other stuff later on, I want to cross over to a one of uh, my online guests. Uh, is he online? Um, uh, Evelyn. Yes. Evelyn. Hi, Evelyn. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for uh, joining us. Evelyn is uh, a former journalist. Uh, we, we heard uh, earlier on, I, I discovered that we had worked at uh, some of the same places, maybe at different times in our career in journalism. Uh, but Evelyn is now um, retired from journalism, but doing something st- uh, very amazing with uh, with these retirement uh, years, uh, which is forest bathing. Uh, so, Evelyn, without further ado, I want to find out from you. So, what is what is forest bathing? What is this? Is it, does one go into the forest and and uh, skinny dip in the, in, in the river? What is that all about? <laughs> That's the first reaction that I get um, from anyone when I talk about forest bathing. The first reaction they get is, um, "Do we have to take our clothes off and swim in the rivers?" And the answer is no. You're not having a traditional bath, um, you know, with soap and water. What you're actually doing is bathing in the essences um, of, the, of the forest and the trees, in a sense that um, I'll, I'll speak a little bit in more depth about it later. But in a essence, um, when you walk through the forest, there are from the trees and from the foliage around you, there are various... Um, what we could call aromatic compounds that are released by the trees, much as peeling an onion can bring tears to your eyes, you're getting these aromatic compounds in the forest which are beneficial to your health and particularly beneficial to your immune system and also beneficial to your stress reaction. Um, Interestingly, it started, it didn't start as that, but it started in Japan where it's called Shinrin-yoko, And what it was, was the um, Japanese wanted to get people out of their business business environments, out of their flats. And I'm sure lots of your listeners will remember at one stage there was a lot of suicide in Japan with people being Mm. overworked. Yes. So what they wanted to do was to say, right, get people out of their offices and get them into the forests where they can, I suppose, breathe a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then what they did was took it a step further and they did some research into why do you feel better when you go for a walk? Mm-hmm. What is it that makes you feel better? Is it just you just feel better because you're out of your normal environment? And they did some tight tests and um, after people were walking in forests and they found that their immune system was boosted. So they measured blood mm-hmm. and they measured urine samples mm-hmm. and they found there was an increase in what they call killer um, genes, and those are the genes that go around your body looking for, so look, let's say you may have a disease and you have within your body killer genes that go around and um, kill them Mm -hmm. and attack the disease. So by going into a forest, what happens is that you are boosting your immune system. So you do feel good, but actually your body is actually benefiting from it as well. Mm-hmm. So, so you're saying you're saying there's the scientific evidence that backs this up. This absolutely, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And it's, as it's becoming more and more popular, now they're doing it in Kew Gardens. They're doing it um, all over the world at the moment. And the, as, obviously, the more people are doing it, the more the scientists want to get hold of it and do research into it. So there's ongoing research into forest bathing and the benefits. 
Mm. Even though we know instinctively, you know, people, I need to go for a walk. Even if I go for a walk around the park, I come back and I feel better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, mm. and how it came to me was that I've been hiking my entire life. And I've been, since I was 10, 11 years old, I've been, you know, frog marching myself around the mountains. And it occurred to me that, you know, my whole thing of going to the mountains to get to the top of the mountain and walk down again. And what was I missing on the way? Mm, mm. You know, to use that cliche, was I stopping to smell the roses? And the answer was no. Mm, mm, mm. And um, yes, I... as these things happen, I came across this Shinrin Yoko mm -hmm. as a concept, um, did some research into it, um, mm. joined forces with an incredibly good yoga teacher and a mm. former high care nurse. Mm. And together we formed what we're now calling the forest bathing experiences. Fantastic, fantastic, Evelyn. I, I must tell you, I mean, I, I spend some time in in nature, not nearly as enough enough uh, as much as I should. Mm. And I, I mean, the, the few times, uh, well, let's say before COVID or well, whatever. But like uh, the last time I was uh, on the, on the mountain in in Cecilia Forest, mm. uh, I was so struck by the these hikers um, sort of stumbling and sort of running through the forest yeah. uh, to trying to get to to finish their hike you know yeah. and and, yeah. and and engaging in in small talk the most banal small talk uh, mm -hmm. that had nothing to do with the, with the forest it really struck me about uh, how well obviously they they're probably getting some benefit from the exercise sure. and 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 you know inhaling these compounds but sure. actually mentally they are completely somewhere else yeah know? i think they're you know i guess i see a lot of um, trail runners Mm. And uh, they get to say they get a high from trail running, mm. which is different to the kind of softer, gentle, more immune boosting that that, that forest bathing is. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think you know, post lockdown, first of all, lockdown has caused a lot of stress, and a lot of people that we've taken on forest bathing have said, "Wow, it was just like so amazing because they could just stop and breathe." Mm -hmm. And you know, people say, well, why do we need to do a forest bathing experience? Why can't I just go and sit in the forest? The trouble is that you don't. Mm. It's like, let's say, you know, do you do yoga at home or you, do you do your exercises at home? Yes, you sort of half-heartedly do them, you leap out of bed. But mm. when you go to a gym, you've got a specific time where you go and that's the time you dedicate to doing this. Mm. And we found with the forest bathing, having a structure, we take people into the forest, we take them through a process. We do a few yoga stretches to allow them to do some breathing, you know, lifting their arms and mm. just opening their chests a bit. And then we invite people to lie on the ground, look up to the trees and watch the leaves. And mm. you'd be amazed that some people have said, I haven't done that since I was a child. Yes. Uh, a few years ago, I did, I did a forest walk with a friend of mine who was giving, giving these forest walks. And uh, one of the things that she... She told us, obviously, you go in, you, you, you walk very slowly, you become more conscious of, um, conscious of the sounds and the insects and the, the smells and the, and the sights and, and all of that. And at some point in the walk, she said to us, um, I see these big trees over here. This was in Cecilia Forest. She said, you see these big trees here? Just go and put yourself against the tree, hug the tree, you know, hold, hold the tree and, and, and just put your, your ear against the tree and feel, feel it. And um, we all did this uh, at some point, and and uh, about uh, ninety percent of the group that were was there at some point burst into tears. Yes, yes, we've experienced yes. that. Mm. Um, Hillary, the, the yoga teacher that I work with, um, you know, likens a tree to you know the tree pose in yoga is very popular, but you've got your feet in the ground, rooted to the ground, and you're getting the benefits of being in touch with the earth barefoot. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the trunk of the tree, which is the strong part of the body, and then your thoughts. And, you know, I said to her, well, you know, my thoughts run around like a wild rabbit in my head. And she said, well, why don't you change that to listen to birds singing in your trees? So, 
you have a kind of a change of experience, a change of perception. Mm. And even if it's four, you know, our experiences take about four hours. Even that four hours, people have come out. One lady said to us, she was so stressed, and the the calmness after the forest bathing experience lasted for her for a week. Mm. Um, Mm. Tomorrow I've got an experience, and I've got a high-care nurse coming, and she's been dealing with COVID, and she said she's been surrounded by death. And what mm. she needs is just to breathe, mm. to go into the forest, to breathe, to feel healed. Mm-hmm. And it's a wonderful healing experience to, to do this. And I'm so glad that I discovered it because absolutely it's, it's an experience that once, you know, we haven't been doing it during winter and I've really missed it. We're starting up again tomorrow, our first sort of springtime um, forest bathing because the forests are cold in winter and wet. Yes, fantastic. But, um, uh, Evelyn, so can you just tell us a bit, so how do people, if people want to uh, have this experience, how do they get hold of you? Right, we've got a website. Um, it's forestbathingcapetown.co.za. And then we don't have specific dates. So if we get emails from four or five people, we then put together a group. So if you need to just email info yes. at forestbathing.co.za, or people can call me on my cell phone, which is 82 658-6007. And um, we're only too happy. We take groups of up to four people, and we, the maximum we do is about 14 because we want the experience to be fairly intimate. Mm-hmm. So it's between four and 14 people. You email us, and we will then say, right, we've got a group going on Friday. We've got a group going. So we do Friday afternoon, Saturday morning, Sunday morning, just to suit people. And it's, you know, it, it really it's, mm-hmm. it's a wonderful experience, and I would recommend it for people who are feeling stressed and feeling like the pressure of what's been going on recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, really is a wonderful experience, awesome. and I'm so glad that I've discovered it. It's fantastic. Can you just give us uh, that website address again uh, for those um, Info at Forest Bathing. Mm-hmm. CapeTown.co.za. Fantastic. All right. Thank you so much, Evelyn. Thank Thanks you, Ryan. No problem. Okay. Uh, I hope to uh, join you one day soon. Yes, I will invite you. I'll give you a call tomorrow and invite you because you do need to experience it, I promise. Fantastic. Thank you okay, so much. Okay, thanks, Ryan. Okay. Wow. Yeah, so forest bathing people, and this is, again, uh, how one, uh, how the these easy things that one can do, and we live in uh, truly one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Uh, we're surrounded by nature all over. I mean, certain communities are have uh, more trouble ac- accessing the the, the 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 beauty of nature in Cape Town. We know for, for for the reasons why that is, but the fact of the matter is that it, we are in a, a beautiful city where we are able, if we make a bit of effort, to get out into nature. Uh, people who live close to the mountain or close to the forest and who don't make use of those uh, those uh, resources are really uh, not wasting their time you know this, uh, I don't want to say the word but you, you are wasting an opportunity to really help yourself Dara you you I, I, I follow you on Instagram and you, yeah. you seem to spend a lot of time in the forest uh, can you yes you? Oh, oh, I love that? the nature it's the one thing I'm going to miss so much for being on a boat for four months for the next mm-hmm. four months mm-hmm. um, it's so grounding for me uh, I'm quite into astrology. I have a lot of earth in my chart, so I'm very connected to the earth. And uh, one of the reasons, uh, both my parents are foreign actually, but they moved here and I've, I'm South African and I've been born and raised here my whole life and they've always made it very evident that they love South Africa for the nature. Mm-hmm. They moved to South Africa because the nature is the most incredible in the world. And mm. I can really vouch for that, even through all my travels I've been doing over the many mm. years. Mm. Uh, 
honestly coming home to South African nature mm. it's unlike any other having the mountains right on the beaches mm. um, we really have it all mm. and uh, yeah it's very grounding I feel like Cape Town's nature and South African nature is very unique mm. Um, mm. not just with the Feinbos but with yeah. many different aspects yeah. So, yeah 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 Definitely, and so so people, if you are South African, if you live in Cape Town, if you well anywhere in South Africa really, if you make a bit of effort, you you need to get out into nature. Uh, the things are opening up now. Travel, travel is opening up. If you are planning your holiday for December, please please think about coming to Cape Town or wherever you are in in the country. I mean, even I spent a few years living in Limpopo, and there's a there's a part of Limpopo which is uh, sort of subtropical. Where it's anine, where it's a completely different uh, bi- biome. It says its own, its own. Um, uh, su- what, what's it called? Subclimate, sub subtropical climate over there, microclimate near Tsanine, and it's absolutely amazing out there. So there, there are these pockets of places in the, that you can access, and that you really need to make an effort to to go and experience. Um, yeah. So carrying on, cornerstone critical dialogues, looking at the arts. Moving on. Um, I want to come to Vusu because uh, Vusu is a very, he's a young poet. He's been doing it for about uh, six, six years now, more, eight years. He's been. Yeah, like performing professionally as an artist. Yeah. Yes, yes. He's been performing. Six years, yeah. He's been, his, uh, his poems are really powerful. I can see he's someone who takes his, 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 his art really seriously. Uh, he he yeah. writes your your words are, are are very well considered always. I think you you really make an effort in in, in telling people a story. Thank you. Man. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate so, that. So uh-huh. so I'm going to uh, cross to you, Vusia, with your you're going to do a, a poem with music that I'm going to recite. Yes. 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 Uh, this so is tell a, us a bit about the poem. Oh, the poem is Demon Rights. Okay, I don't think I have a title for it yet, but uh, it's about human rights and us just being comfortable in who we are. Mm. And uh, I'll be so. Last year I went to Harare in Zimbabwe, and then I bought a souvenir bag, which is like a mirror instrument. So I've been learning that. Um, so I'm trying just to fuse it with poetry and seeing how it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Hope it works. <laughs> okay, let's see. You, you're yeah. allowed to make mistakes. Uh, mistakes are part of. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> part of the process. Yeah, definitely. But the, yeah, it's a poem about human rights. Um, enjoy. of the dust you are beautiful in whichever ways you choose to be daughters of the dust you are beautiful when you lace your weave you are exquisite when you knot your braids or again when you rock your dreadlocks sons of the soil you are bold with your bold head You are fly with your colorful hair dye. We are all forever beautiful in whichever ways we choose to be. Let us not allow them to use our hair strands like puppet strings, clicking us into boxes of what the media portrays beauty to be. Dear mothers, teach your sons they are crowned. Dear fathers, teach your daughters to fashion the crowns growing from their heads to their hearts' desires. From the strands of our hairs to the tips of our toes, 
We are human. We are free to express ourselves as ourselves. We are free to be. We are free to speak. We are free, priceless, precious like gold. God took his time molding you from the earth. You are human, right? Remember your human rights. Fantastic, fantastic. Thank you, Wilson. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the work that you're doing in in uh, the different communities that, you, that you use. Yeah, what, what, what's happening out there? Mm. Yeah, so I'm currently based in Cryfontaine. Um, I work as a facilitator, you know, community development practitioner, as a facilitator for Gold Youth Development Agency. We work in high schools, right? Mm. So we work with high school learners from grade 9, after grade 12, there's an understanding that, you know, young people have the ideas, they have the energy. So, uh, and it's a peer education program. So it's about this core belief that it starts with one person and then they share it with their peer. And then it leads to group change, which leads, which leads to community change. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're just trying to reach like learners in that way. It's a peer to peer education program. We cover modules such as self development, communication skills. Uh, sexual and reproductive health, you know, to curb issues such as teenage pregnancy, mm-hmm. uh, substance and substance abuse. We also focus on leadership and communication skills and community upliftment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's where I'm at right now. Um, also studying, I'm actually doing my final module, uh, which is uh, at exciting. Cornerstone. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. sir. Uh, it's been quite a journey. I've learned a lot. You know, I'm, I'm at a point in my life where I'm just trying to find balance between work, school, poetry, and just mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, it's been an exciting journey. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Tell me, how, how are you doing the course? Are you, do, are you doing it in contact or are you, or are you doing it online? Huh? The course uh, began as a contact class, right? Mm. However, due to COVID, we ended up having to do online. Mm-hmm. We, did, we did contact um, yeah, when the levels were less strict, mm-hmm. but then now it's been just finishing the course online. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and, how, and how are you finding it uh, with the online thing? Because I think one of the things about higher education is uh, is the connection that you build with other people over the course of your years of studying. Yeah, and uh, obviously COVID has come in and and, and disrupted that. Uh, how are you guys mitigating against that sense of isolation or, or, or separation? Yeah, I won't lie. Definitely, contact is better. It, uh, I feel like learning is made to be in person. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a certain bond that is built there. Uh, but then with online, with uh, the institute has been really helpful. You know, this, with the, we get data mm-hmm. every month to do like online to attend online classes, and also there were devices provided mm-hmm. like uh, mm-hmm. tablets and whatnot. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's 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 where like that's the level of of mitigation. However, I feel like it's the 21st century, it's 2021, mm. and there's COVID-19. So things have moved online. That's the mm. fourth industrial revolution. That's like where we are. That's mm. where the world is heading mm. or has headed already. Mm. You know? Um, yeah, but so it's a great... I'm learning a lot, really. It's, mm. it's making me reflect about what can I bring to the to the science of community development? Mm, mm, you know, what role can I play in it? Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you you glad, you happy about the choice you made to study at, at Cornerstone? 
Definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. Encourage other people to do the same. Most definitely, it's very intimate. You know, it's very intimate. Um, you feel part of a family there. Definitely, yeah. Definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like that. <laughs> Fantastic. I highly recommend. Awesome. Thanks, Vusu. Um, Bevan, I wanted to talk to you about uh, again the sense of isolation that people have been feeling, and and how how even now that things have moved online. You said you were doing some some things online. You were offering classes online. Uh, can you tell me how that has gone? How, how, what were you offering and how, how did people uh, take it on? Uh, I was offering a, a dance class, <clears throat> but mm. it's, it's, it's very challenging. It's been very challenging. Uh, mm. I think part of what made the dance classes that I held so magical was the sense of cohesion uh, and the sense of feeling in your body as though mm. you are part of one organism that's mm. moving in so many different creative ways because it's quite an expressive class. It's, it's not, uh, there isn't a routine that you have to follow. The idea is that you allow your body to be, to express exactly what it wants to express, whether it's mm. feelings or thoughts or nothing, just really sinking into a space where your mind is almost not there and it's mm. just the body leading. Mm. Uh, and then obviously when, when groups of people are doing that together, I mean, it, it's just, it activates this potency um, of, of connection, of, of healing, of mm. yeah, just mm. being part of something. So, so, so I've attended some of those classes at the Claremont Civic Center. Uh, is it the community center? Civic Center in yes. Claremont. Uh, on the, with the big wooden floor and I mean, you you just spend there's a DJ and you spend uh, play kind of like house music it's side trance music right and uh, and you spend about it's an hour or 90 minutes just moving and flowing with the music and expressing whatever you feel in relation to the music and it's it's an absolutely euphoric experience. I mean, at the end of it, you come out of it and you feel, wow, this that was so amazing. Just just being able to release your yourself and all shake off all of these things that you've been holding in. I, th- I think South Africa is, uh, and possibly because of our history, but maybe just that's how, how it is in the world today. That, that the people are we hold a lot of things inside. Uh, we are a repressed society. South Africa is quite a conservative society, I think, in in many ways, and so we hold things back and we we keep it in. We don't express ourselves, and so. Dancing and moving and and being able to just be free is such a such an amazing empowering thing. At the end of those classes, and I can I can see that um, having trying to replicate that experience with someone in their living room is quite going to be quite challenging. So yeah, so so that 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 doesn't really work so well. Yeah, not quite. Mm. <laughs> Um, one of the things that, 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 that I think is going on, and if you are listening at home, uh, that, that I've also participated in is something called Secret Sunrise, which is really an amazing experience where you are out in nature. So you've got nature and then you've got the music and you've also got dance. So it's a whole package where you'll be on the beach at sunrise or sometimes they do it at sunset. And a few years ago, they were doing it at the top of Table Mountain, I think. And so you get this, this absolutely amazing communal experience. And, and I think with COVID now, you, you, because it's outdoors, you, you, you don't really need to be so, so concerned. I mean, you obviously do, do the, the usual things, but you have uh, headphones and there's a DJ and you, uh, go out there and just dance for about an hour. It's absolutely amazing. Have you done, have you done that, uh, 
Dara yet at all? Uh, not specifically Secret Sunrise, but a very similar concept with the headphones and yes. dancing in nature. Yeah, yeah. And it's a bit like the silent disco thing, but out in nature. Yeah. Yes. Um, mm. And it was actually at Cool Bay, and the wind was howling, and mm. my friend and I went right up to the ocean, and it was almost as if the wind was like flying us away, but we could still hear the music mm. like perfectly because yeah, of the headphones. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was such an amazing experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> so fantastic. Yeah, I mean these these are the things that are available to us uh, uh, people of Cape Town, and and I think uh, Secret Sunrise is actually a global movement now. So wherever you are in the world, Google Secret Sunrise near me, I guess, and uh, go and spend uh, an hour moving uh, at sunrise out in nature with some strangers who are equally uh, inspired. Um. So, uh, right now I want to cross to uh, a lady that I have not met in person, but I I follow her on Facebook, or we're Facebook friends, um, and I've been seeing some of the work uh, that she's been doing uh, over the past few months, and I've been really impressed. I think I actually visited her website at some point, and I've been following her posts and all of that kind of thing. Her name is Claudia van Skalkweg, and uh, I I believe she's out, she's from Kales River, which is a, an area I know quite well, having gone to school there. But uh, she's out, I believe, are you in Saldana at this point, uh, Claudia? Where, where are you? Tell us about where you are. And I'm actually back home. Good evening, Ryan. Good evening. And, and thank you for having me. Fantastic! Thank you for coming on, agreeing to to be on the show. Uh, you are the founder, the the driving force behind the Uber uh, Wellness Challenge. Uber nine is it ninety day challenge, fourteen day challenge? How long does one uh, need to to change your life? Well, you know, I started it, it when it when I launched it. It was a ninety day program, yes. and then COVID happened, and everything happened, you know. And then we developed an online program. So it is a 14-day, and there's a 30-day, and then 60-day. But, mm-hmm. but in fact, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's a journey. So these are only stepping stones, you know, for, for people to be able to go onto the program and transition into a more healthier lifestyle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yes, I mean health. Obviously, uh, especially now, I mean health is, has always be is always a, should be. I guess for everyone, a a, a very serious focus mm. uh, in in your daily life. Just as you go along, I mean, I I guess I picked up some of that having having had a, a very uh, religious uh, Christian Seventh Day Adventist upbringing, where health. Uh, health and taking care of your body was uh, was quite a serious thing. Mm. I, I think we were vegetarian for most of for I was a vegetarian for about twenty years, the, the first twenty years of my life, uh, just because wow. just because of having gone to that, uh, being part of that uh, that c- congregation. So the the point about uh, the connection between food and uh, health and also uh, so physical health and mental health as well. I really mm. want to dive a bit into that. Um, we are going to come to the question of why you actually uh, started off on this journey. Uh, but before we get there, can we can, can you maybe just explain to the listeners and to us in the studio uh, what what is that connection between your mental uh, well being and your the, the food that you choose to yeah. put into your body? Well, you know, I, I strongly believe that you, you cannot build a strong physical body if you're not taking care of your mental health. And vice so you versa. Have to, you have to build mental fortitude mm. if you want to have a strong physical body. Mm. 
and and for me, the mind and the gut is coherently connected. It is connected. Mm. You 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 cannot heal one side of the body mm. because everything in the body is connected. Mm. And once you take an holistic approach to detoxification, and I specialize in in detoxification methods. Um, and make sure that I be stages into getting transforming the body in becoming the best version of yourself. Mm. So it is it is definitely something that you have to be guided on upon if you want to become a healthier version of yourself. It's not something you know. We get these crash diets where we go on and we hop on and we go from the one thing to the next thing mm. um, and we yo-yo back and forth. And it's actually not beneficial for the body to do that. Mm. If you are really serious about, and especially during this time that we're living, serious mm. about taking your health to the next level mm. and becoming the best version of yourself, mm. holistically, mm. you have to consider the mental health. First and foremost, mm. the mind, and and mm. you know, of course, and you've just said said it yourself. You know, you come from a very, very strong um, Christian or biblical background, where our temple is the body. You know, our temple is our body is the temple yes, of Christ, yes, and yes, we yes. need to look after it. Mm, mm-hmm. And so, for me, mm. is and and I firmly believe, and my foundation is that the foundation of all the programs mm. is that you cannot transform without renewal of the mind. Mm. So, Claudia, just tell me, so you've been taking um, um, people, uh, generally women, on on this program, or how how has it been working so far? Yeah, you know, it's it's mainly these women. I don't know why there's only women. It's open to everyone. Mm. So men, we we actually did have a few men on Mm. the program, and they've done exceptionally well. Mm. So um, it's open to every single one. It is open to anyone Mm. that wants to experience complete high vibration of living Mm. a healthier lifestyle. Mm. And and when I say this is that, you know, there's experts on board with me to make sure that we take the correct steps to get people to understand Mm. the body. Because first and foremost, you need to understand how the body works mm. and how the body um, operates on a daily basis to be able to make healthier choices. Mm. So it's all about getting an understanding. Mm. If you don't have understanding, you will not be able to make long-lasting, sustainable choices. Mm. Mm. So at the end, when we can get the understanding to, oh, that is how the body works, mm. you know, why this is not for my body, and 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 you get the understanding of that. Mm. Then you make the healthy choice by saying, I now understand that this is the reasons why, you know, this product or this food group is not beneficial for my body or why my body don't digest it mm. so well. And then only then you'll be able to make the decision because once we go onto programs or lifestyle choices or crash diet, mm. that there is a strict diet in front of you and, you know, you eliminate these food groups flat out. You don't make the choice mm. yourself. You've been given, you understand, mm. a, a elimination mm. to say, right, this is what you do for this week and this week and this week mm. and follow that. 
Yes, yes, and we all do lose the weight, or we all do feel healthier. We want to live this healthy lifestyle, but then we go back to our old ways yes. again. Claudia, I want to find out from you, what are the things that one needs to, uh, what are the simple things that one can do? Okay, so, uh, you know, one of the things I, I know about um, the way people consume food, it, it often has a lot to do with uh, limited, limited time, uh, limited uh, choices that they they feel they may mm. have. You know, people. One of the things, especially in in the poorer communities of of the Western Cape uh, and and the country, I would guess, is that people's choices uh, are about food are are really logical choices most of the time. It's about mm. it's about the fact that I don't have the time to go to uh, the, 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 the 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 checkers or the store to buy mm. an entire uh, healthy meal or ingredients to cook a healthy meal at home. So I'd rather go. To a fast food joint and 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 buy some other food because it saves me time. I don't have to put all mm. that effort in, and I you know I can satisfy my hunger and and that of my my kids and my family. So, what are the simple things that someone can do in that kind of situation where you have those limitations? Are there things that you can need to cut out that can help you on this journey? Like you know, sugar, soft drinks. Mm. What are those things? Where can we start on that journey? Okay, so for me, first and foremost, I would highly recommend like. Everyone eliminates dairy out of their diet. Dairy is our main source of mucus. It forms mucus in the body. If we can limit dairy consumption in our body, that will definitely increase your immunity. Yes. It it will definitely help you to prevent inflammation in the body and also it it will prevent because the body do form or form their own mucus in the bodies. We it, it's needed. We need that. Yes. But the dairy just it, it's overproduction of mucus. So we do not need and especially in COVID time, mm. you know, we don't need to, to form that much dairy. And mm. it causes, you know, the sinus and it causes the inflammation. So if we can eliminate the dairy mm. First, the, the cheese. Cheese, really? You know, the, I mean, cheese. And now people will say, say that. Cheese, uh, please. <laughs> Claudia, that's terrible. Okay, cheese, you say. Okay, fine. <laughs> cheese, and uh, what about things like sugar and soft drinks and those things? I mean, they Oh, definitely. Sugar, you know, sugar also. But for me, dairy is, is, the, is really first and foremost mm, on the list. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's sugar and there's wheat. And, and now you must also understand to live healthy is not is not cheap. Mm. It is expensive. Mm. You know, I mm. know that. Um, mm. But there is really things that we can do to to make sure that the family starts implementing meat-free or dairy-free Monday, mm. you know, one day of the week. Yeah. Um, there's some great alternatives for mm. white rice to brown rice yes. that is more healthier. So it's really about becoming conscious. Yes. About, am I going to shift the health of my family mm. by making healthier choices when you wake up in mm. the morning? Mm. So you mm. need to say to yourself, today, I'm going to become conscious about mm. the food that I'm going to eat. What nutritional value mm. does this food offer my body? Mm. Tell me something. Do you, do you, do you think that uh, uh, our education system is doing enough to really Educate people. I mean, these are these are the. I mean, uh, the food that you eat is is one of the most, or the quality of the food that you eat has so as has such an impact on so many other aspects of your life uh, oh. throughout your life. And I, I find that uh, the education system really is not doing nearly enough to oh. educate 
children, particularly, because that's where well, it starts. I have, I have boys, and, you know, I study with my little one, and I was quite surprised to see that they had been implementing, you know, healthier options and, and speaking mm. about, you know, environmental damage and, and the food consumption of in masses. So yes. I'm, I, I was very pleased, and also a lot of restaurants, has mm. becoming more aware of doing more plant-based, more gluten-free. Yes. You know, um, I, I do believe that government maybe should m- focus more on um, implementing more focus on becoming healthier mm. than rather just using, you know, wearing the mask. Yes. So it, that for me is there needs to be more focus mm. on live a healthier lifestyle, do more wellness talks mm. um, in school, you know, because mm. that's where it starts. Yes. So becoming more aware and also in the corporate environment, you know, I, I do know that there is lots more wellness projects happening mm. because of COVID. I think yes. that our awareness has been, you know, awakened. So you say there is a shift there happening, yeah. Definitely awakening. Mm. And I'm quite pleased on how things, and I know that there is people now that is becoming more conscious mm. because my programs are very, very, very busy. Yes. You know, we so, have, we start, Every month, we start our programs. So there is time for you every month to enroll in, whether or not it's a 14-day, a 30-day, a 60-day. You have a time to roll in every month. Mm. Uh, Claudia, can you explain to the listeners how you started? What set you off on this journey uh, to be, oh. be, yeah, being a proponent of uh, this sort of approach to health and, and well-being? Yeah, you know, I was never, I was never overweight. I always, you know, I always liked to run. Um, but sadly, my sister was diagnosed with cancer in 2015. And when Leone was diagnosed with cancer, I, I was gutted. I was really, you know, it came to a shock that, that my, she was young. She was 37 years old. Um, you know, she had four kids. How can this happen? Not one of our family members has ever had cancer or any diagnosis. So I was, I was really marveled on how this happened. And so I went about and I, and I actually did research. And I did research. And I found a very good friend of mine, Alexander Cousins, on, on Facebook. And, and she was busy healing herself on, on Facebook mm. with her post. And I, and I connected with her and I asked her, so tell me more about this lifestyle. And she's the founder of Living Mucus Free. And mm-hmm. she's also my client, my mentor. Mm-hmm. And when Alexander introduced me to the lifestyle, I introduced my sister because at this stage she was diagnosed with cancer for three years and she opted to do the chemotherapy and to do the radiation, mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, with having also a medical sister as a doctor, and here I am going, oh no, just do the natural route. You know, I was, I was really going into... Um, undergoing and really understanding natural healing. Mm. And for three years, while Leonie was going undergoing the chemotherapy and was diagnosed with cancer, I underwent the lifestyle. Mm. And I went through it. And I transformed my life through this. And three weeks after Leonie passed away, you know, I was sitting on my bed and I got the realization that I will never be able to speak to her again. And that for me was just a thought that the grief was just too much. I mm. stood up and I said, I want to help the community understanding their bodies and understanding that you can heal the body 
through food. Mm-hmm. Food is our fuel. Mm-hmm. We do not, we don't need to have a bad relationship with food. Food mm-hmm. can heal any disease mm-hmm. in our bodies, mm-hmm. and disease really comes from emotional stress, mm-hmm. stress on our nervous system, stress on you know. Every day we are living on a daily battle with stress, mm. and and the, the impact that it has on our physical bodies mm. is astronomical. Yes, and so, it really affects our physical body, and that is why I wanted to make sure that I I design an holistic program. Mm. You know, and I went and I looked at Leonie's life and I thought, okay, this is where she went wrong. And maybe this had an impact on, on why she was diagnosed. And maybe this. And mm-hmm. I took every single part of her life mm-hmm. and I went and I wrote programs and, 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 and you know, structure to help the member mm-hmm. transform on a holistic manner. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I mean, a, a tragedy in your in your life in your family that uh, that have had a well a positive outcome in the, in the sense that uh, well you you you've set set you off on this journey towards towards Usually. health. Yes, yes. And and you know, I I am absolutely I thank her every day mm. because now I am living my purpose. I completely stepped into my purpose to help and heal God's people, mm. and that is that's my mission. Fantastic. And so, how can people, if they want to be part of your one of your programs, how do they access it? How do they? Where can they start? Uh, Okay, so they can go to our website, which is www.uba. 90-day wellness challenge. Well, just, just, quickly, also, just quickly, what does UBA stand for? What is that acronym? Okay, so UBA is for Urban Beauty Academy. Urban okay. Beauty Academy is the um, beneficiary of the UBA 90-Day Wellness Challenge. The UBA 90-Day Wellness Challenge is an NPO, and the Urban Beauty Academy is my beauty accredited school in Coles River. So that is where I mm. actually train Stop. and empower women mm. in beauty, women that can't afford to study for beauty therapy. That is actually my first passion. I am first and foremost a cermatologist beauty therapist. Okay. And this was my business before Leonie passed away. And when I opened this business and I received my accreditation, I realized there's women that can't afford to study beauty. And what I've done with the UBA 90 Day, I've now created an NPO mm. that fund the UBA Urban Beauty Academy. So you transform your life mm. in aid to change a student's life. That's basically what it is. Awesome. Just give us that website address again if people want to uh, find out more. www.uba90daywellnesschallenge.co.za Fantastic. They can also follow me on Facebook. I'm Claudia van Skalkrijk. Fantastic. You don't have 5,000 friends yet. You haven't hit the limit yet. No, okay. not at all. I only started social media in lockdown. Okay. <laughs> I was very anti-social media. Well, yes, and now you see. I mean, I would not have no, known about, about no, I can't. You. Now I have to go out there. I just, you know, I love it. Yes, yes, yes. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Claudia, for joining us. And uh, we may come back to you at some future stage uh, to talk about these things because I think these things are absolutely critical in our society to get the message out, talk more about these things because uh, we, we can't talk enough about them because they do not get spoken about generally. So we'll come back to back to that. Thank you so much, Claudia. Have a good evening.
Thank you, Roland. Thank you for having me. You okay. too. Bye. Human beings are social creatures. We need to know each other, feel each other, feel each other's energy. And uh, the pandemic has really put a spanner in the works of that. Uh, I find myself often, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a, it's a strange kind of person that I, I, I like people, but I also really enjoy being alone and being away from people. It's a strange thing. I think it's like yeah. cultivating that balance. <laughs> Everything in life. Yeah, it's about it's, it's about balance. But I, I, I'm really I I feel more uh, at ease in the world when I am alone. <laughs> maybe it's just maybe it's just maybe it's just about getting older and 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 being a bit hot full of people and their rubbish. <laughs> Should go for his bathing. Yeah, I think yeah, so. that's that's the first bathing alone with go, myself. Yeah. Yes. It's okay. It's a Virgo yeah. thing. Yeah, we actually so. the hermit. Yes, you so. Virgo as well, right? We, yes, our, our cards the hermit, so we like being alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I like people. I mean, I like animals and, and babies more. They, 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 <laughs> adults are their nonsense. Okay, so uh, on the line now, we're going to cross to uh, uh, a friend of mine. Uh, is she on the line? Uh, Khalema. Hi, Ryan. Good evening. Is, How are you? Hi, Khalema. I'm, I'm fantastic. It's so glad, so, I'm so glad to have you on the line with us. It's been uh, one of my uh, dreams, actually, to be uh, talking to you and, and, and getting other people to know you as well. Because I think you are uh, one of those special people that more people should know. Uh, and so it's a real privilege and honor to have you on the line with me uh, in, in, the sh- in the show. I'm really, I'm really, I understand why you had to leave the city and go and be with your kids in KZN, but uh, I, I really miss uh, the opportunity to actually hang out with you. So everyone, for those who don't know, Kalema Easton is... Um, Someone I've known for a number of years, but she is uh, the driving force behind creating Eden. And uh, creating Eden is uh, is a, is an organization. I don't know if it's registered as an NPO or it's just a movement, but has taken up a cause that is very close to my heart, has always been, which is uh, the growing of food in urban spaces. Khalema, will you just take over and tell people uh, what? Uh, give us the details. Where did it start and how's it going? Okay, so, um, Ryan, oh, good evening, um, listeners. Um, Creating Eden started, um, at, I think, the first month of lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all, I think all, all we saw when the president announced that He's locking the country down, and I saw the fear in my daughter's eyes, you know, and the questions were going around, what are we going to do? What if we lose our jobs? You know, what are we going to eat? And, you know, and I'm looking at them and thinking, if this is how my kids feel, what happens to poor people out there? You know, we've been growing food in our backyard for many years. Mm. Um, the verge outside was an eyesore. And for the longest time, I've wanted to grow food out there, you know? Mm. Um, I, I, just, I just wanted to put seeds into the ground. But then, of course, the city wasn't very um, outside of that kind of yes. thing at the time. And suddenly on that evening, you know, and I said to my husband, well, this is it. You know, we are not going to sit here locked, you know, behind closed doors. 
Mm. Afraid of a virus. Mm. While the less fortunate out there are going to be dying of hunger. This ain't happening. Mm. And we said, right, the following morning, we're going to take our spades. We're going to take our seeds. Oh, but then I've collected so many, so much seeds already, you know, mm. clean seeds from butternuts and tomatoes and squash and everything mm. that we've used, you know, at home. Mm. Clean those seeds and I've been storing it. Mm. And I, I even had uh, quite a few baby fruit trees. And mm. I said, so good, so good. Tomorrow morning, we're out there with our space. And that is what we did. Mm. Following morning, we were out there. It was planted. It was like a ghost town. There wasn't a car to be seen. There was no person on the road. And I said to him, well, if the police come by now and lock us both up, then that is just for a good cause. And we started digging. Mm. We planted seven fruit trees that day, mm. that morning. Um, and I said to Tohi, he says, leave it for a month. Mm. If the city doesn't flatten it, we'll add on another piece. Mm. And that is how it started. Mm. And, 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 and the, the one thing you, you did was, I mean, I, I was away during the time. I was out of the city and, uh, and some farm somewhere. I remember you started posting. Yes, I remember, yeah. Yeah, you started posting about it on Facebook. And then, mm. and then what happened from there? Tell us. And then um, I said, you know, every, you know, we started adding on another piece. And I started planting spinach and onions and you know, just 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 the basics. You know, mm. all, all and, the basics. And, and what was the reaction from your neighbours and passers up? Because I know that street in, where, where you where you used to live. Yeah, it's quite a high traffic area. The people, well, I mean, obviously in lockdown, but I mean, people still drive down that road. And and what was the reaction and the response from the public? Oh, it, it was a mixture of reactions. I mean, the the, the best one, you know, uh, which we had to sort of floor. Mm. Um, it's unsavory characters. You are drawing unsavory characters into into our area. Mm. You know now. Why? What are unsavory why, characters? Why? Just on, because we just want to remember why. Because you're growing food, and you said that the produce is for anyone who passes by, and you actually labeled it there. You said if you want free food, food, yeah, free food, growing on mm-hmm. your sidewalk. And your neighbors, some of your neighbors were annoyed by that. That's the way you're yeah. attracting homeless people who want to eat. Is that what they said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And th- this is the reason we're planting food. Mm. You know, it is for the elderly who cannot get to a shop. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, Ryan, the thing is we all have to go back to basics sooner or later. Mm. You know, sooner yeah. rather than later. Yes. And, um, you know, the idea of somebody cleaning somebody's house and walking down to the station mm. and only getting paid at the end of the month. You know, harvest your heart out, girl. You know, take mm. food home to your children. Mm, 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 you know, mm. and um, that is exactly what happened. Yes. And tell me. In the second month, yes, I had a lady. I was on the verge. We were we were busy um, on the verge, and a lady pulled into my driveway, and that is Tina. Mm. And Tina was way down the road, at, you know, at the end of the person. Mm. And Tina said, um, she came r- running to me. You know got out of a car and she said, are you responsible for this? And I think to myself, oh, wow, not another one. And then she said, um, I want one too. Will you please come and do my verge? Mm. Mm. And Fantastic. all from there, and we've, many... done 20, we've done 21 so far already. 
21 verges, 21 mm-hmm. sidewalk gardens growing uh, around in Cape Town, right? Yep. And yep. and and more more being added uh, every week. Uh, all every the time. week. I have just mm. had a message from a lady in Maitland mm. who is wanting um, a garden as well. So mm. you know, the more it is the only way we're going to. Um, you know, it's the only way we're going to feed mm. the less fortunate. Yes. yes. You know, come on, Ryan. I've, I've have a garden full of food at the back. Mm. You know, I go out there, all my herbs, all the, the, the things that are good for me, mm. you know, I'm growing. Mm. Mm. Um, why can't the people walking past have to have the same thing? They yes. may not have the backyard I have. Yes. But if you don't have the soil, mm. you have fine pots. Mm. Find empty pain drum, mm. you know? Mm. Um, you know, just pack it around your house, you mm. know? Mm. Get soil in there, plant the seeds, because we need really good, organic, decent food. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry, not not the, the chemical and poison stuff we've been mm. buying and feed, you know, all these years. Mm. It's time... For a change, yes, and and uh, you know we need everybody to be healthy, you yes. know, um, th- that sense of you know the stress that everyone is going through right now. Mm. Um, all you need to go out is put your hands into the soil, you know, mm. on your hands and knees, and you are in the soil, and and whether it's raining out there or not, you know, if it's stormy, you will still peek through your window to see. You know, has those seeds germinated? Mm. Can I see a little pinch of green coming out of the mm. soil? Mm. You know, yes. That, I, I think. I think it really goes back again to um, our connection with nature and sort of you know getting back in touch with the the basic things that that, that we are made of. You know, we're made of earth, soil, water, air, and and I think that what happens is modern society really uh, ruptures that connection that we have. You know, we we are everything. There's concrete everywhere, or you know, the the, the vegetation has been cleared away. And uh, we are just separated from the the essence of life, and so I think that's part really of what we need to be returning to in in all aspects. Um, yes, we need yeah. to reconnect. We yes. need to reconnect with nature. We need to reconnect with the soil. Mm. Um, you know, and 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 you know, it, when you go through stress, mm. um, especially you know, everybody's mentioning COVID, yes, but you know, never mind, you know. We, mm. We've had starving people and poor people before COVID. Yes. You know, um, something had, had to be done ages ago, mm. but that was ages ago. Mm. It's not too late. We yes. can all start doing it now, you know? Fantastic. And it doesn't cost us anything. Yes. You know, growing food outside on the verge, mm. it gets, it creates mm. community. Yes. Now, now, now we Tell all, me something I, mean, to- I at least it grew up in District 6, you know, yes. sense of community. Mm. You know, people mm. um, looking out for each other, watching out and making sure everybody eats. Yes, because the, the act of growing food is, is generally a communal activity, you know. You, yeah, you do it because it, 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 leads to, it leads to people working together, clearing the soil, uh, building the soil, planting the seeds, watching it grow. And then also when it comes to harvesting and sharing, because you always yeah. end up growing more than you can humanly consume, you know. Otherwise, the food's going to go off. So you have to share. You have to go and see your neighbors and and make friends and and and, and share what your you know what, what the earth has given you. 
I'm really, I'm really glad that I, I was able to have you on the show, Halima. And and uh, please, the next time you are in Cape Town, please uh, let me know and, and and let's connect again. Yes, most definitely, Ryan. Um, yeah, everybody, you know, who is listening, please, you need to empower yourself. You know, mm. get out there and make a space in your backyard. Mm. Start growing food. You know. We've, we've got an amazing team, you know, mm. um, Martin, Marisha, Terry, Tina, to name but a few. Mm. Um, but I've, I've left Cape Town, I'm in KZN now, mm. um, hoping to, to hook up with all the community growers here in, in mm. KZN. Um, the team in Cape Town, however, being it's led by Martin, is going strong. Yeah, yes. So people who want to connect with that team can go on the Facebook page, right? Is it, uh, if they look for... Yes, they must look for Creating Eden. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's Facebook at, at Seed to Free Food. Fantastic. Right? And they can message me on there. I get hold of the team in Cape Town. Um, you know, or we come out in KZN if you're listening to KZN mm-hmm. and um, you want your, you know, your food gardens done, please get hold of us and let's grow food. Let's feed everybody. Okay, fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Khalema. That was uh, Khalema uh, Easton, who is uh, the driving force behind uh, Creating Eden. Uh, she's now left Cape Town. She's living in KZN uh, with uh, her family. And but, but what she's done is absolutely amazing. She started a movement of people growing food on their pavements. Uh, some parts of the country, it's uh, not necessarily illegal, but people have run into trouble for doing that. A few weeks ago, there was a guy growing cabbage on his pavement and he was he was called to order for being, I think it was blocking the traffic, the people need to walk on the sidewalk and so it just belongs to the city and so they they, stop, they stopped him they said no, you can't be doing this here and he got fined or some, some something happened to him but he's, he's, he's He's been told now that I think it's fine and he's had to ask the necessary permissions. Uh, the In Cape Town, the response was that um, uh, the Cape Town City Council now encourages uh, the growing of food in urban spaces and is actually uh, wants to support people who do that. So Google it, look online, find Creating Eden. There is support for this uh, kind of initiative in your in your community. It's absolutely important. Uh, I know from my own experience growing up uh, in the 70s and 80s, my grandfather was always growing food in his, in his backyard and, and feeding, not feeding entirely the family from the backyard, but actually not giving his heart and money to the supermarkets every every week so so that was that was very important part of my upbringing and i think a lot of people had, had similar experience we just lost it and we need to rediscover it uh it's now four minutes to nine we uh, are running out of time for the first critical dialogues we had a bit of a rocky start but uh, i think it, it turned out quite quite fine um, things smoothed out a bit. We want to end off with a song. Are we able to end off with a song played on Spotify by Dara? Yeah, I just I'd love to mention one song? thing before yes, before, we do. before we do that. So we'll play out with that song, but Dara, just yeah. Just regarding mental health, one thing I really, really wanted to mention on today's show is the um, the negative stigma around mental health mm. and 
looking for help or just wanting to grow your own psyche, um, the older generation and in general, a lot of the public eye says it's wrong or you're sick or there's something wrong with mm. you. And I want to create a more positive stigma around mental health and that even if you don't have that much trauma, if you do, that it's a mm. positive thing yeah. to seek that help and to connect to your own psychology and your own psyche, mm. even regardless of your situation as a human living in yes. this world. It's one of the most beneficial things as a community. If we all work on ourselves and our mental yes. health, collectively we will grow. And I just don't want that mm. negative stigma. There's nothing wrong with you mm. if you seek help. It's only beneficial for everyone and you're not sick. There's nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. but enjoy Fantastic. this last track. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dara. Dara Jaslin, who's jetting off next week to the Bahamas, uh, the Caribbean. She's going off to share some of her music with us. Also, Bevan Reynolds, dance facilitator, spoke about her work in dance and helping people in a different modality to get in touch with themselves and Vusa Mpofu, student poet at uh, the Cornerstone Institute talking about his poetry. He was really fantastic. If you want to Google these young people, these people, you will find them online on social media and uh, everything uh, will be fine. Hope to see you next week, right here. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Cornerstone. Learn to change the world.